Hey guys, David here. I wanted to take a moment to explain about last week's episode. After recording it with a special guest to boot, the software we used crashed. We unfortunately lost that whole episode, which is why nothing was uploaded. We hope to have our special guest on in a future episode. This week, we recorded our episode, and mid-recording Marshall had to leave to help his wife who recently hurt her back. Thankfully, it sounds like she's recovering well. So our apologies about last week, and for this week's hiccup. In this episode, Bryce, Marshall, and I talk about alcohol trouble and travel productivity concerns. Here we go. This started because we wanted something that didn't exist for us. Scheduled space to speak freely. About our struggles, secrets, and successes. We wanted to challenge ourselves, hold each other accountable, and help each other grow. We don't always know what we're talking about, but that's kind of the point. Instead, we believe honest, open, vulnerable conversations move us toward deep connection and meaning. We invite you to join us, listening in and creating your own conversations with your friends. Welcome to Cucumber Talks. David, did you finish the book? Unfortunately, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) The millionaire real estate agent has yet to be be read. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's really no excuse for it. (laughs) Um, I think, I think it's just, it's something that, you know, I realized throughout the week that I need to, to take it in stride and not blow through it. Like I'm trying to, you know, finish something uh, like I'm running a race. Mm. I I imagine that applies to all books. It's something you don't want to just blow through. And, you know, I, I take notes all the time when I'm reading. And so I, I still feel depressed about it, but <laughs> it kind of yeah. reminds me of the 10 X rule, which I've never read. I just understand the concept. And I know Grant Cardone is kind of like a scammer, but the, uh, the idea is that uh, you guys are familiar with it, right? The 10 X rule. I don't, is it 10, like, like the number 10 and then X like yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Okay. It's just 10 X your, your, your goal. So like if you want to make $10,000 a month, set your goal to be $100,000 a month, (laughs) and then you'll definitely hit your original goal. Right. I I guess that's the idea of it. Like, should I read a book a day? (laughs) Again, I haven't read the book. Just watch Mm -hmm. one of those YouTube summary books, summary videos. But you setting the goal of finishing the book last week probably got you to read more than you would have if you just said, I'm going to read a page a day. Yes. Yes, I should say, like, I'll read a thousand pages from multiple books every week, and then maybe I'll read a book a week. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Sweet. I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't think I spent a lot of time visualizing my, what did I even call them last week? Goals. Oh, okay. Just visualizing my goals. I was kind of discouraged a little bit because it it made me question if they were that exciting, if I didn't even think about them at all. Or maybe they were just too ambitious that I can't even right. picture them right. in my current circumstances. Like having a personal chef come to my apartment. It's like, it's really hard to imagine right now. But And speaking of that, it's like, it turns out my wife just likes to cook. So hiring a personal chef, maybe that's just a personal dream of mine, but it's not actually necessary. <laughs> I did write them on my whiteboard. So okay. I, I see them. <laughs> But I, I'm not visualizing myself living it yet. 
And like I said last week, it's kind of, I struggle with visualization. I'll, I'll keep working on it. Could still do like a chef Monday to Friday and then like she can still cook on the weekends. And I think it'd be the other way around. Or yeah, let's do it that way. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually good does make sense. Up. That's funny. We're better at cooking during the week and then the personal chef on the weekends. Or just doing one of those meal delivery things. Or yeah. Eating out. I've had yeah, a ton of bad experiences eating out recently, though. So, At one point, you had talked about the uh, personal assistant, too. And that one was one of those ones that seemed really far off, but also mm-hmm. not really far off. Because if you think of having a personal assistant who is, like, is right beside you all the time to like do whatever you need, maybe that's a little bit down the road. But it does seem like there's things where like in between stages of like there's online places that'll do stuff like booking stuff. You were talking about booking like you can do a lot of that stuff and it's not like, uh, you know, $40,000 a year commitment. It's like pay by the hour or pay by the yeah, month yeah. Sort, of, sort of thing. I'd like there to be somebody I could text to be like schedule my dentist appointment for me the, uh, or so uh, like handle my health insurance for 2021. Oh, that sounds there's good. a uh, there's a uh, I guess a 30 day trial experiment that Steve Pavlina did for outsourcing that he tries. I forget the the site that he used, but he used a site that was basically like that where you could just text them. And he said the biggest thing was just like getting the ball in motion mm. because instead of being like, okay, yeah, one day I'll fix. I think he's talking about like a leaky faucet on his like hose outside or something. And he was like, instead of saying, oh, yeah, I'll get to that one day. He just literally took out his phone and texted somebody and said, like, figure this out. Yeah. And yeah they yeah. asked him questions and he still had a lot of input into it as it went down, but it got that thing rolling as opposed to, you know, your to-do list just gets so long and like it can get, you know, of all these things that are like on there of someday, maybe I want to do this instead of just being like, just text somebody to start figuring it out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't tedious, tedious stuff at all, but that's what I thought of when you were talking about. Yeah. Like research the best dentist. Mm. and right. schedule the appointment for me so I don't have to do that. Right. Because that's like three hours. Yeah. I, there's a misconception, I think. People are like, oh, you have to be a millionaire before you can have a assistant or something. You have to be bougie. But I think dive in. You know, you could, you can do that now if you want. I guess the thing that holds me back is I don't have that many things that I need scheduling. Yeah. You know, it's probably just like once a week or something like that. So I don't feel like there's a ton of stuff on my plate where it justifies it. But You should check out that series, the Steve Pavlina series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said Send the same thing. Me. He was like, I didn't think I had that much stuff. But then once you start asking them, like you think of other stuff and you're like, oh, mm. well, they could also check out like dinner plans for the weekend. Like you were talking about where to go to eat food. Instead of even having to go to the app to order food from Royals down the way, mm. you just text somebody and be like, hey, get me some fried chicken somewhere. And they mm. figure it out. And sometimes you're mad because they get the wrong stuff. But like, you know what I mean? It, it just, again, no, that sounds I great. I haven't experimented with it, but I remember reading it and being like, that actually makes sense how it, you know, like you're saying, instead of trying to wait until you have this like live in butler, it's like not <laughs> only you can just have somebody help you with little stuff for, you know, 20 to $100 for whatever doing stuff. Mm. We can We can link that in the show description. Yeah, I'll find it. Okay, I guess I'm next. Uh, so I, I think I knew that releasing music meant today, not last week. But in my mind, I was working on it last week. So technically, no, the music hasn't come out. Um, but hopefully it still will. <laughs> There's, is, 
Is, like, how are you um, <clears throat> making? What's the verb? <laughs> making the CDs have? Is, is it like print on demand, where there's a CD company that makes your CDs for you? We actually, we actually bought a like a pack of CDs to to for the initial bunch, um, and then I guess we'll see. It's sort of like you know, if we sell all those in two days, then great. Maybe we'll look into some other options. We'll just kind of see what what happens with it. But right now it's, it's, uh, yeah, not a, not a print on demand service for that. Um, you mean like you bought some CDRs from Best Buy and like put the music on it? No, we, we have a, uh, it's called disc makers, but uh-huh. they, they actually, you know, print CDs and so forth. And okay. like the, you know, they'll print anywhere from like a hundred to, I guess a hundred thousand. I don't know <laughs> what the top, what the top limit is, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we just we just bought a bunch of them. <laughs> this is such an interesting topic because, at least personally, I'm so curious about how indie bands work versus the the record label bands work. Yeah, well, and the way that we're doing it is really indie. So there's like a couple different ways that you can do it where you actually get um, distribution. Mm. We didn't go that route because when we had played with it before, it's kind of like publishing a book where unless you're like the A list or the B list or the C list, let's say, if you're like the, you know, the F list down here, they don't spend any marketing on you. So like, yeah, you're with whoever the big publisher is, or yeah, you're with whatever, but you're still drumming up all your own business. So then the margins aren't great because now you've got these other people cut in, but they're not really helping you other than like allowing your thing to be available on their website. And they may or may not have people coming to their website. So anyway, our version of this is like, we're not doing any of that. It's literally just us through our website um start out there's gonna be some other stuff later but for now it's it's literally just us and yeah our website and you know in person i guess <laughs> there's not a whole lot of in-person sales going on right now <laughs> nice this should definitely be a full topic one day oh, yeah i think sure. hopefully it'll be yeah i'm sure we'll get back into all this at some point i almost wanted to talk about it today but i don't know we'll, we'll save it for another another episode here cool well, we're going to sw- switch up the order this week. David, David, you're going to start us off. Tell us what's on your mind. I'll start strong for us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my uh, my topic is alcohol. And I'd say alcohol and I have had a, a interesting relationship over the years. I don't think I've ever been addicted to alcohol or, you know, craved it, uh, you know. I guess whatever whatever defines addiction i don't i don't feel i'm addicted to it maybe i am or was i should say foreshadowing <clears throat> um yeah since since everything shut down in march this year mid-march i have for the most part stopped drinking at least weekly or you know on those random nights but it, it would be you know prior to that it would be you know mul- multiple times Nothing, you know, I wasn't like blackout, you know, drunk or anything, but, but yeah, I think it was probably, I don't know, probably more than I should have. And, uh, so yeah, since then I'd say I went down to like maybe twice a month, just, you know, have that casual, you know, glass of uh, whiskey or something every once, you know, once or twice a month to maybe a couple months ago, only having you know, a drink with a family or something. So I, 
I guess what I'm trying to say is I've been kind of slowly stopping my my alcohol consumption. And it's something that I don't really think about. And I I haven't noticed, you know, any changes in my body. Like I don't wake up, you know, super energized because I've not, you know, had alcohol. I'm sure that if I had a bunch one night and, you know, you you feel terrible in the next day. But um yeah, I think it was on Saturday last week. I had a couple drinks. I had a couple beers with uh, my roommate. And, you know, I typically do work on Saturdays and Sundays, even just casually, you know, a little bit here and there. But after just like two beers, I, I felt so, I felt so tired and unproductive. And I, I, I literally couldn't get anything done. Um, I just wanted to like go to sleep. <laughs> and I guess, I don't know, I felt kind of like a wuss, but also it made me realize that alcohol is, uh, at least for me, very damaging. I don't know if you guys have had experiences like this recently, but it's, uh, yeah, it's something that I'm, I don't know, I may, I may never have again or just on a day that I'm not, you know, doing work or something, because it really knocked me out. And, you know, I had plans to, to do a bunch, a bunch of work on Saturday evening, but I, I just couldn't get anything done. So I guess that's what I wanted to, to share with you guys. <laughs> Such an interesting topic. I, I love it. Um, I wonder if it'd be interesting if you traced your history with alcohol, like how early, how young you started. Mm. and how it developed over the years to where it is now or if you just want to talk about present day yeah i mean i i'm pretty sure i i okay so i vividly remember my first beer and it was before a concert i don't remember exactly the age it was around like 17 i think 18 but uh you know we went to we went into town with some friends and they had this like random Budweiser like beer. It was just, it was like one can in the back of a, like in their trunk. And it was a, it was a warm day. So the beer was super skunky. <laughs> it was, yeah, very warm. <laughs> and yeah, I think that was my first taste. It was a Budweiser and it tasted like gar garbage, <laughs> basically. It's a good introduction to to alcohol for me um i mean you know everybody has their you know times where they're you know going to to college you typically drink a lot more i i'd say i did too um and of course if you combine that with going overseas you know there's a lot of different types of alcohol that like uh what was the uh what was the one in korea it's uh so so soju. soju yeah I've, I've only had that like once or twice because that it just makes me <laughs> I think I like blacked out or something. It was it's like fingernail polish. It was really terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of recent day, I I don't remember the last time I like, you know, drank so much that I threw up. Had to have been years ago cuz you know, you only do it a couple times and you're like, okay, um probably shouldn't, you know. You learn your lesson through that experience. So <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I have this nice uh, liquor collection, and 
I um I don't know that I'll ever you know get into it again because it just it hurts it hurts my my productivity so when you drink does it trigger any emotions I know for me if I drink a small amount in a social situation it's kind of like that social lubricant and I feel mm. more um what's the word like I open up more and um it's actually I feel like it's a good thing like I open up more, I become more talkative, I'm more interested in people. Um, but walking that line is something I've never been able to walk <laughs> because it always ends up more and more and more. And then when it becomes more, it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, does it trigger certain emotions for you or suppress well, suppressed emotions? First off, I guess I was curious, Do you do you have to just cut it out completely? Are you, you're just like, it's either have it or like, just don't even touch it. Cause that just trickles downward. Mm, there was a period of about two years, maybe one year when I was actively not, well, I was actively like trying to cut it out. <laughs> and now it's more like, I'm kind of in, in your boat. Like I might have a beer with my dad or if I go out with, if I go out with friends or something, I might have a drink, drink or two. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I'm like morally opposed to but uh, yeah yeah so for me it uh, it doesn't trigger emotion i mean it triggers regret i guess <laughs> from like even having it um i want to say i i think and i'm just now thinking about this i've thought about it before but i think for for beer specifically because you know wheat bread is not a part of my typical diet so introducing a wheat beer into my system, I think that gives me, you know, it's like a, it's like a double punch for me because <laughs> uh, I'm just not used to it. <clears throat> so, yeah, I know if you, I'm sure if both of you guys had like one or two beers, it, it would probably not make you like super lethargic or like want to go to sleep <laughs> like it does for me. Uh, maybe, maybe it depends. Would. Yeah, it depends. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Maybe if we're I'm... just getting older. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, getting older and like I think we've talked about, but when when you're like so locked in on a diet or a routine and then you introduce something to that that's different, whether it's alcohol or anything, it just has a bigger impact than if you're more fluid with whether it's a schedule or a diet or a whatever that thing is. So I definitely have... I definitely know for me that yeah, the more the more I get sort of locked into a habit pattern, the more one or two beers or drinks will throw that off for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself like wanting it, or is it more just like a social pressure or an obligation? <laughs> oh, I have all this liquor in my house and should have a drink from time to time. Well, no, that's the thing. I I mean, in the last, I, I guess maybe I did have that feeling uh, like five months ago when I, when I started collecting, <laughs> collecting it, but recently, yeah, it just sits there. I, you know, I think the biggest thing when I've had it, you know, the one or two times of uh, each month was either just, you know, being with family and, you know, my brother-in-law has a drink and I'm like, well, I'll have a drink and my dad might have a, you know, like a beer or something. Um, so, I, I mean, I wouldn't call that pressure. It's just like, Usually when I see my family, I'm not, you know, it's like a, it's a, almost a full day event 
because we don't hang out like all the time. So I guess maybe that would even be a more acceptable situation in my mind because I don't plan on going home at, you know, eight o'clock in the evening and, you know, pounding out some work at that time. That's like wind down time for me. Mm -hmm. But the yeah, the two the two beers that I had last week, that was like it, you know, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. So I, you know, had plans to, you know, put down some more hours and uh definitely affected me. So Yeah, that always feels disappointing <laughs> when you when it get when it disrupts your life or when it disrupts your schedule. Yeah. Waking up hungover and feeling like shit the next day and not being able to do anything. But that sucks. Mm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been hungover in a long time. But yeah, it's it's something I feel like people can only do a couple of times and then it's like, okay, you're just doing that to yourself now. <laughs> like it's a pretty hard, quick lesson in my eyes. Yeah, it seems like you kind of answered this already a bit as well. But so it sounds like you're you're more concerned about it from the sense of when you you know have a couple drinks and then if you're in a situation where you're trying to do some work or just do anything let's say not not just work but where it then inhibits that thing more so than i guess like what you said with like maybe a social situation or something like that um so yeah i guess you already sort of answered that like i guess does does leaving it like that seem okay to you or do you want to get to that point where you're just like no i don't i don't drink and again not for like a you know, a moral reason or something like that, but just more like, yeah, I don't drink, you know, I, I feel better when I don't drink. Yeah, honestly, I I can see myself getting to that point, mm-hmm. you know, extremely quick. <laughs> yeah. Because it just, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or, you know, I, my priorities are changing, but yeah. it just doesn't, it's not really even appealing to to do that especially once you're, you know, you're out of that kind of phase. I imagine a lot of people drank more when this thing, you know, hit mid-March. <laughs> but I guess thankfully I I didn't I didn't go down that path. Um and it's just not having had that for so long frequently, it's really helped me to see that, you know, I don't really need it personally, you know, if if you want to drink that's, you know, it's totally cool, but um yeah, this doesn't go well in my body. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, have, uh, I guess, water or enjoy like a some chocolate or something <laughs> over a beer. <laughs> this might just be me wanting to like rehash the past and like talk about my own issues with alcohol. But when we first met, were you also struggling with alcohol? Because I was a complete train wreck. Mm. Probably. And I, I can't remember, <laughs> like, we hung out all the time and we would drink. Or, like, I, I think I remember you drinking with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, those, those days were a mess. And, but I, I, I don't vividly remember you, like, having a, like, your outcomes were never as awful as my outcomes, it seemed, it seemed like. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, I, I don't know that I would call it struggling, but, but yeah, you know, looking back, it's like, you know, I definitely had too much. Um, I think at that point when we, when we first met each other, it might have not been as bad as it was before. I may have hit the ceiling prior to that Uh, and experienced, you know, like 
vomiting or you know whatever uh, an excess amount that that kind of pulled the reins back a little bit more um, than you. I don't know. Did you maybe you started you started a little bit later than me in terms of drinking? No, I started earlier like oh, you as did? a kid mm. and was also pretty bad in college. But when you met me in Thailand, that was like rock bottom for sure. Mm. Like almost getting kicked out of that town because <laughs> getting, get a, <laughs> getting in a fight with that guy. Like that was... It was a good experience though, right? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think you've ever been to that place uh, again. Not physically, but like the, the place of of having having you know that much alcohol that it uh you know has such a a negative impact on you like that no i don't think so but yeah i was i was wondering if like you ever got to i don't know what your did you have a super low point because of alcohol Mm, because of alcohol like i i drank and then like robbed a store or something no not like a (laughs) one-off event maybe but more like a like a coming to god moment coming what is it called coming to jesus moment where you're like oh my gosh this is i'm abusing this or like i need to do oh. something about this oh yeah 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 in fact the last time um i it might have been a couple years ago i think that was the last time that i had like so much and i i, I was at my friend's house and uh i do remember I th- and that's the thing like when you have beer and then you have liquor and you have beer again. <laughs> it's like you're mixing everything together. Um, and I was just like pretty much vomiting uh, most of the night and just like dry heaving. I don't know how you call that, but it was a, uh, that was definitely a, a moment in my life where I was like, okay, all right, I'm not doing something like that ever again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Since then, I've, you know, I've topped out at like, I don't know, four beers maybe or something. It wasn't enough at that point in time to to do any potentially irreversible damage to my liver. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, I'll never forget that day, that night, I should say. Hmm. That that night or that time was more recent or in just more recent, like within like three years, like in Ohio, or is this like back further in time? Oh no, it was in Ohio, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I came back in 2014 and end of 2014. Okay. That's what so, I was, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, overseas was like another I mean, it's especially Soju, like that. <laughs> I, I think I only had that once, maybe twice, because you you quickly learn that it's <laughs> oh. it's like this blackout alcohol. <laughs> Instant blackout. You have one shot and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I I used to only happened. I used to only have that once or twice a day. It was pretty, pretty the rough time. Only once or twice a day. Oh, so do yeah. so do. <laughs> once or twice a day. Oh my goodness! You have a stronger liver than me for sure. <laughs> no, for sure I'm gonna pay for pay for all that. Probably already am. But also not to like shit on alcohol too much. But I don't think I'd trade any of those times. Like even though they were awful yeah it was a lot of fun even (laughs) even the bad stuff so i don't know yeah you've never felt so bad that you're like okay like i'm gonna lose my life and (laughs) well in the moment you do in (laughs) the moment all the time all the time but 
I mean, for speaking personally, like in the moment, it feels pretty rough and you're like never again. But then looking back at some of the times, it's like, I, I see what Bryce is saying where, you know, what was the beer in Thailand? Like Chong or something? It meant, it meant yeah, elephant. Yeah. And yeah, elephants yeah. are my favorite animals. So I just remember this, it's like a dollar, uh, you know, for this like weird looking giant a leader. wine glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like people, but, but yeah, like in the moment it was rough. But then after the fact, you look back and some of those moments are, whether they're happy memories, they're, they're intense memories, let's say, mm. that are different from memories that, you know, I might have had over the last, let's say, year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, for every negative experience, there's, there's probably a, a positive that matched it. You know, like I could. Yeah, it's harder. I could tell. A, but, yeah. I could tell a bunch of happy stories that involved alcohol. So I don't want to like. Yeah shit on it too meeting much. people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember the this awesome night i had in cambodia because i was just traveling by myself and i was at a 7-eleven and some tuk-tuk driver maybe he was he was my tuk-tuk driver it's just like you want to have a beer <laughs> i like we, how you could say that when you're in cambodia like this is my tuk-tuk driver like i paid for this guy to drive me around all day yeah, exactly <laughs> he was making Living my, the life. my visualizations come true <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> i had the same guy <laughs> yeah we just had a beer and before i do it like uh he let me drive his tuk-tuk around the city and then we ended up at this dance hall place and he introduced me to a bunch of people and we had a really fun night that's wow. awesome yeah. yeah pros and cons alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a whole episode in there for that pros and cons of alcohol talk about stories and yeah i think we should do this with all the vices take a vice and talk it through with each other we talked about doing that at one point yeah talking about this made me think of another topic in the future that i'll i'll share <laughs> yeah all the vices i've definitely tried most of them mm-hmm. instead we started with christianity <laughs> <laughs> yeah do a little a mini series or something like that season three <laughs> mm, okay so not exactly sure what direction i want to go with this other than i've talked to a lot uh about travel so far on the show and it's mostly been in a positive light like i've kind of like glorified it it's like this um oh my gosh living in the usa is so terrible and if i'm traveling i'm so happy like it's this really binary thing and i realize that's not 100 percent true and it's not like if i'm traveling i'm suddenly this much happier person so maybe i just wanted to talk about some of the concerns i have because i'm still like we're still planning to start traveling a lot in the near future or start living abroad at least. But there are a lot of worries that are also on my mind about it. And the main one is productivity or like uh, travel disrupting my routine because mm-hmm. I really like the routine that I'm in right now. You know, I have, it's, it's really weird because it's really boring. Like my life, <laughs> like living in the USA is not super exciting to me and the environment isn't very stimulating. But it also allows me to, I think, be more productive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a catch-22, I guess. You know, I've got everything that I need here and everything's in place in the way that I like it. And everything's easily accessible. And if I want something, I can easily get it. So it's comfortable. It's a really comfortable environment, mm-hmm. which makes it kind of hard to leave because I know when I start traveling and it's going to be, it's going to disrupt a lot of stuff. You know, just the anticipating the little things like when you travel you know everything's out of place 
and you have to work towards creating that environment where you can be productive again. So that's the that's the main thing. And then becoming a digital nomad, you know, I've never done that before and it seems like there's it, it's going to be it's going to be different than taking a job in another country. You know, when you take a job in another country, everything's kind of not everything, but many of the important things are already in place. You know, like you more or less know where you're going to be living for the next year and um you've already kind of got a built-in network like uh your coworkers and and all of that but when you're a digital nomad you just go somewhere <laughs> randomly and you don't have any type of network built in if you're if you're not already connecting with people online mm-hmm. and you're i don't know there's a lot of concerns i have so it's the big one is obviously like a visa you know <laughs> trying to get a visa and the countries that we want to go to you know obviously covid is messing up a lot of stuff right now because a lot of the countries that we want to go to aren't even open mm-hmm. to Americans right now. And going about it as a digital nomad, you don't have a work visa. So you can go in as a tourist and you can stay the life of the tourist visa and then move on to the next country. Or if you, you can do it the other way where you, if you like the country, you can work on getting a residence permit. So that should give you more time, maybe like a year and then renew it all the time where you can get a longer residence permit depending on the country. All that to, all that to say is like it's more stressful. Like it's going to add a lot of stress to my life. Like worrying about visas and if we're going to be going to this place or the next and uh where are we going to live and where are we going to work and maybe this place doesn't have a desk and we need to get a desk and <laughs> you know there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of a lot of things and a lot of added stresses. And I still think that it's worth it. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> but it's definitely not all... I'm not expecting it to go super s- perfectly or smoothly. Mm. I'm not yeah, if, not sure what, what type of feedback I'm looking for, but it's just to express... Because I feel like I've been 100% positive on travel. So. Mm-hmm. And David, you even mentioned it one time. It was like, well, have you considered the, the negatives? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see you... I mean, you already know you're going to be more on your toes, probably. Mm-hmm. Like you said here, it's, you know, um, COVID, you know, not aside. <laughs> We're just like kept up in our, you know, homes all the time. So work pro- productivity for people like us, it's uh, it can go up immensely. But, you know, being in a new country and, uh, you know, is it going to be difficult to, you know, keep that same schedule that you have? Mm-hmm. Do you want to keep that same schedule? Do you want to switch it up? You know, there's going to be stuff outside like tempting you like, hey, let's, you know, come out and do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, should I keep my same schedule? Like, I'm curious if you have a plan, um, you know, like a plan ahead of time to like, okay, no matter what happens, like this is going to be my hours of work or you're just like, you know, whatever happens, happens as long as I get in, you know, seven hours of work a day or, you know, whatever your, your thought process is. Yeah. I, I mean, ideally I'd like to keep the same routine in place, but you know, <laughs> it's, I've already come to terms with, if I start traveling, that's not always going to be possible. So it's like give and take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it just comes down to like making that expectation of what you planning and, and making a yeah, expectations of how it will actually go and, and 
maybe even testing that out, like try, you know, go stay somewhere at a hotel for a week or something, you know, I don't know, but, but you know what I mean? Like just as a way to see what it's like to be in a different place and see how well sort of you can keep up with the same routine. And also if there's unexpected things that you don't think about, like, oh, well, if I'm in a different place and I can't, you know, I don't have groceries planned or, you know, if I'm living long-term in a place, but I have, so now there's like a language barrier that's different or I don't know, but you know what I mean? Just, just from the sense of planning ahead a little bit, probably just recognizing it and mentioning it is probably the first step. I think, yeah, I want to know what you guys think about this, but I think I value the unpredictability more than I value the predictability. So uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's more exciting. Well, part of what makes travel fun is that it's novel, mm-hmm. whether it's like long-term or short-term travel. Um, so if it's too like scheduled out, then yeah, then you're like, well, I, I'm doing basically the same thing that I'd be doing <laughs> in an apartment here. You know, an apartment in Argentina is going to be the same as apartment here if you're in your apartment all day and you're just working, you know. I guess maybe more what I was getting at was I don't think I'm a great businessman or I don't think I'm... I don't think that's me mm-hmm. or that I don't think I'm that person. I don't think I'm ambitious in that way where mm-hmm. like I feel super fulfilled with business. You know, like these past couple of weeks, I don't want to brag or boast, but we've been doing numbers that like I couldn't even fathom when I was, mm-hmm. when we were first starting out. But the excitement is not not really it's not like i feel different i actually feel worse you know i feel because the, the only thing that pops into like, my mind feel better <laughs> the only thing that pops into my mind is like oh god i'm gonna have to figure out taxes and like all this like <laughs> all this all this stuff mm-hmm. so i think yeah i don't know it's like yeah even if travel disrupts it all i think i'll i'll value that a lot more focused on the travel aspect since you don't seem to you know, be uh, super excited or fulfilled about, you know, the numbers going up or or dollar signs being added, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still excited about that. Like I still, <laughs> I'm still really excited about working towards fire, financial independence, mm-hmm. but um, I'd rather <laughs> disrupt that and be more, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like, I don't know. Other than adventure. living in the USA kind of just makes me feel dead inside. Mm-hmm. It's a little more adventure out yeah. you know where you've never been or but it's also weird because i guess what i was saying with this conversation is i'm not even sure if i like adventure oh this is so it's kind of messy maybe the ideal situation would be like a home base in another country i'm not sure mm-hmm. i gotta think this one out more uh, well yeah it's good to talk about then you realize you know oh there's this other thing that i didn't think about but do you feel any better having expressed what you've uh, what you've said just now, like just talking it out a little bit, or does it does it raise more questions? <laughs> Have you watched that Alex Becker video? I don't, I can't remember what the topic was, but he he said the best thing if you're running a business, the best thing for you to do is to move somewhere where you can eliminate most of the distractions. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I mean he's got like a. He's got like one floor to himself with just a desk and a chair. <laughs> I mean, it's super extreme, minimalist, but I don't I guess think he's I wrong. guess I, I'm I'm torn because I really like that too. You know what I'm saying? The idea of 
his his lifestyle is pretty cool to me. Oh yeah, where you have minimized everything and you've he he you know he's not traveling, he's not making all those decisions about oh like oh I have to book a hotel or I have to uh, figure out this visa situation. It's like he probably doesn't even think about living like you know uh, he doesn't think about housing or he doesn't think about visas he's eliminated all of those concerns Mm -hmm. so there's another side of me that's just like oh it'd be kind of it'd be i wonder if it'd be better if we just stayed here and bought a a condo like not like alex becker's but you know i'm saying like if we set up everything like he has it set up and then we don't have any of those those stresses because they're added Mm -hmm. stresses Oh, so sure. I wonder if it would reducing all those stresses is actually the better way to go about it. That's better than like traveling and, and being adventurous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you really want to do that though. Personally. Well, it's hard because there's like two sides of me. There's the side mm-hmm. that enjoys the comfort and the productivity and the routine and not having the additional stresses mm-hmm. because I'm like, you. I think you know me. I was like, I'm an anxious person. Like I'm on, always worrying and on edge so i'm kind of worried that adding more stresses is the wrong way to go about life Mm -hmm. but if you don't add the stresses then your life's kind of boring or ah god it's it's really hard to explain Uh, no i i I totally get that and it is gonna feel like you know if you guys do end up moving i think it's gonna feel like uh like the situation you know with your like like your phone like if you you know only had like a few apps on your phone that's like what it is now but you know traveling you're like unmuting all these notifications <laughs> on your phone <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly what it's like and, I'm about to add like 15 new applications with a bunch of notifications yeah <laughs> but i think you might just be i don't know i feel like that's a normal feeling to have when you're about to move or maybe you're not about to move but like when you go through that process of i'm about to move and it's like visa where am i living you know i don't know anybody and you know there's there's a lot of you know paperwork and stuff involved you know people just see you know vloggers go to a country and they're just like haha jumping off this waterfall (laughs) but it's not you know it's not just all you know sunshine and <laughs> and cookies or whatever <laughs> but i think if you want if you want to do that enough i think you'll you know it's going to be a little bit unsettled for a while for a while after arriving but i think you'll be able to manage it and perhaps even have a more uh like minimal setup you know because if you're moving you you know only take what is essential or, or mm. whatever whatever the thing is and you'll be like alex becker in another country <laughs> just a desk and a chair yeah I think, <laughs> I think it'd be cool to get get to that point i don't think i want to be the vlogger who's like bouncing around to every different city and country because that just seems like the logistics of it seem <laughs> really difficult oh yeah i was just using that as an example in terms of like you know how it seems and then how it actually is oh yeah 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 but like just just their versus reality, just their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's super intriguing. I think I'd rather have stability in one country, but then mm-hmm. there's complications 
if you don't have a work visa. You know what I'm saying? Just like the logistics yeah. of staying in a foreign country for a long time is oh yeah, kind of hard. You know, and you may have mentioned where you're thinking about going, but just like as an example, you you know you go to some country and then it it turns into like a war zone or something. <laughs> it's like or like you know you know the the terms between the two countries you know go sour or whatever. It's like oh shoot got to move or just have to be extra careful so i think it's a there's there's positives and potential negatives to to staying here and moving plus the there's like tax stuff too really annoying mm. you know because if you stay in certain countries like if you be mexico for example mm -hmm. if you become a resident of mexico technically you're supposed to be paying taxes on all your worldwide income and if you're a U.S. citizen, the taxes follow you no matter where you go to. Mm -hmm. so you actually end up getting doubly taxed. Yeah. So uh, making a bigger bag is definitely important. <laughs> well, choosing a country that is friendly. That doesn't gouge you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like all these additional headaches. It's like, oh, maybe I should just live a boring life here. <laughs> or find was... a way to make it more exciting here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hire somebody to uh, throw up a couple scenarios for you. <laughs> Make some presentations. <laughs> Living here versus abroad. <laughs> the benefits. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Not a waste of money. So midway through all, all my rambling, Marshall had to leave us. Seems like he, he has a family issue to deal with. So Marshall won't be joining us for the rest of the episode. Mm -hmm. You know, Marshall... Marshall's got a wife and kids. So some sometimes these things happen. Yeah. So David, we'll just we'll we'll close this one out ourselves. Sounds good. That's understandable. Yeah, definitely. Marshall will. Uh, yeah, he'll have to fill us in on what he's working on this week. <laughs> so we yeah. can uh, we can hold him accountable for sure. What are you working on this week? Alrighty. Uh, yeah, it's funny because you guys mentioned uh, Wim Hof before, and I mean I've known him for a while, but I never really dug that deep into his stuff. I guess I still haven't, but um, yeah, I'm going to do his kind of beginner. It's kind of a breathing technique. It takes like five minutes to do. And I've done it a couple times this week already, but I haven't done it intentionally in the morning once and then at night once. So I'm going to put that on the schedule every morning, go through it. And, uh, and then once again at night. So can you describe the technique? I, I forgot it. I yeah. know. I know. I, I know. I tried it before. It's like you're so, holding in the holding your breath for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he has it in the beginner one. Is in it's in three sets, and so you start off uh, taking thirty deep breaths. Oh yeah. Inhale, exhale thirty times. After the thirtieth time, you exhale completely. You hold your breath on the exhale for 30 seconds yeah and then after 30 seconds you breathe in completely hold that for 15 and then that's one set and then the second and third set he does it for like a minute and then a minute and a half it's and, almost um, like the i forget what it's called there's a type of meditation like this this tech meditation technique and it's very similar where you're like doing these are the first 30 breaths like faster because in the meditation technique, mm -hmm. it's like they're faster. Like you're going, 
I don't know how to do it. I know it's not that fast. It's just like, just like deep breaths, not mm-hmm. like crazy fast. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've tried it before, but yeah, I've tried it, and I remember it's it kind of like gave me a feeling, like a, a high or like a tingle. <laughs> yeah, of sorts. It's a really and I wasn't like, sure if it was because you know some people said it's because you're depriving your brain of oxygen, so you feel the high. And that's what that was the argument of the the meditation technique. It's like you're depriving your brain of oxygen because mm-hmm. you're holding it. Um, but then other people are like, no, that's that's not what's actually happening. I I don't know. It's like replacing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the science either. But he he kept mentioning the word alkaline. He's like, body is alkaline, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. And I just start breathing. <laughs> um, it's also supposed to help you deal with the cold too. Because I think I mean, that was the yeah. idea with his course was like, you need to learn this breathing technique and then use it when you do the cold showers and the ice baths and all that. Yeah. He's like that mixed with cold showers. He's like, you'll never be sick again. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, he's an interesting guy. He's done some pretty incredible things. I don't think anybody can, I don't think anybody has duplicated. So he's not just like some dude that's like, <laughs> screaming from the the hills <laughs> there's definitely a whole uh an entire culture around it because mm-hmm. i remember i was uh i did the floating tanks here in louisville a couple times oh and the center that i went to was really cool like the chillest place on earth and i saw what uh, a poster up that they had somebody was teaching the ice bath mm-hmm. techniques and the wim hof method and all that so it sounds like He's got that cult-like following where people are teaching his methods. Yeah. Keep us updated. Let us know. Mm-hmm. You're going to do the cold showers too? Uh, I'm just doing this for now. I may introduce cold showers, but um, yeah, just the breathing for now. <laughs> I'll come back next week and I'll just start levitating. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> what's the What's the lake in Ohio? What's the Oh. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie, yeah, that's like the one that swimming in Lake Erie in in January. Oh yeah, I'll swim like underwater from <laughs> <laughs> from the shore to Kelly's Island <laughs> or Putin Bay. <laughs> it's like a mile or two out. <clears throat> yeah, good stuff. How yeah, about you? <laughs> the kind of to go along with the topic that I brought up, I want to try to continue doing interesting things or things that i find interesting here where i am in louisville try to have some Mm -hmm. new experiences maybe find some it's easy for me to feel discouraged and be like oh there's nothing here Uh, i can't find anything new to do but Mm -hmm. you know that's obviously not true there's there's always things going on and if you look hard enough you'll find something so yeah i just want to find uh maybe just one thing have a, a new experience here where i am create that excitement where I am because it's possible. Yeah, I like that idea. I think you'll surprise yourself to find something that you never knew existed or, you know, it's like being overseas, exploring the streets and <laughs> you come across a, a random... Right, it's so, so easy when you're overseas because you just have to walk outside and you're like bombarded with a bunch of new stuff. So mm-hmm. here you have to be more intentional about it. But it's out there for sure. Like a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a really good weekend just going on a quest for ingredients for pad thai mm-hmm. to make an authentic pad thai. So it took me to a bunch of different markets and got to talk to some people and it was fun. So just something like that. Sweet. Let us know what you find. 
Will do, will do. Did you come up with a quote of the week? I did not. <laughs> because Mar- Marshall was going to use the quote that I put into the group chat. You haven't? Mm-hmm. No, it's completely empty. <laughs> I'll, I'll paraphrase my own quote from the group chat. Oh, God, I can't even think of it now. It was something like, when you were messaging the group chat talking about the cold showers and Wim Hof, I responded with a quote that said something along the lines of, I'd rather be average and never reach my full potential than take cold showers. Yeah, that was exactly it, actually. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that that interesting, but Marshall got a kick out of it. And he wanted it to be the quote of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually did uh, cause some, there was some controversy, right? Like you brought up the idea that we need to uh, suffer and push through pain. Yeah, like growth through, you know, it's just like learning from your mistakes kind of a situation. Yeah, suffering's a weird one. Yeah. It's like, do you want to go about life with the David Goggins mentality? It's like, yeah. oh, I gotta like grind Not myself into the ground in order to <laughs> in order to feel some sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But you know, every time I do, it does feel good. Not every time, but usually, <laughs> usually. Like when I practice the David Goggins mentality, like usually you do feel a sense of accomplishment after or you feel good about yourself or you feel proud you know after a hard workout or a long run or usually it's physical for me i don't know if you get the same feeling from stuff that's non-active or non-physical i feel it with physical stuff the most mm-hmm. after a really long run that was really tough yeah i feel good or after a really tough workout it hurt i suffered but i felt good or i feel good after doing it mm-hmm yeah, for sure. It's that feeling of progress. It's like breaking the muscles down to to get stronger. <laughs> Do you get that from something besides working out? Mm, I mean, when I try to like take uh, learning a, a new language mm. for you, it's uh, it's not exactly the easiest thing. But I think you, I imagine you see more bursts of progress when you kind of buckle down and and just kind of drag your feet through it a little bit, maybe. Yeah, that's a weird one because I don't, it doesn't feel like suffering, <laughs> you know, when, mm. when you get to talk to somebody in a different language and you're kind of just, it's, it can be difficult and it can be uh, like, it, you feel a little nervous, but I don't think that's suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of suffering, it's like you're really beat down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're punishing yourself, like taking a cold shower, that's suffering <laughs> <laughs> or trying to run an ultra marathon or, um, you know, like really punishing your body with a intense workout. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to replicate that. At least I find it's hard to replicate that with uh, work or hobbies or things that aren't physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to save this one for, for Marshall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this has been kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marshall, we, we missed you at the end and hope everything's okay. Yeah, hope you're okay, man. Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.